and peace from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. God of grace and glory, we give you thanks for this Sunday to celebrate your baptism and to celebrate Disability Awareness Sunday. Open our hearts and minds as we hear your word for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. In modern-day Istanbul, a young Muslim man enters the outer courts of the Sultan Ahmed Mosque, more commonly known as the Blue Mosque. The afternoon air is chilly as he walks toward the water faucets that line the exterior wall of the mosque. He sits on one of the cold stone benches placed in front of the faucets, takes off his shoes, and begins to wash his feet. This is known as ablution. It's a ritual that Muslims practice before entering the mosque to worship. And in Japan, it's mid-morning and just beginning to rain lightly. Two people enter a lush garden filled with ornamental trees and lots of green foliage. The gravel beneath their feet crunches loudly as they follow a winding path that leads to a tea room. On the ground, near the entrance to the tea room, sits a stone bowl filled with water. They bend down to wash their hands and mouth. They are taking part in a Buddhist water ritual of purification before entering the tea room. And long ago, a Jewish holy man that we know as John the Baptist was in the wilderness near the Jordan River. He was preaching repentance and practicing another kind of water ritual that comes from the Greek word baptisma, which means immersion. This water ritual symbolized spiritual cleansing and a return to spiritual good standing. Throughout history, many religions around the world practice some kind of water cleansing ritual. But the baptism in our gospel reading this morning is completely unique. There is no other water ritual like it in the world. There never has been, and there never will be. It is completely unique. It all happened one day when Jesus went to that wilderness where John was preaching. He watched as the people who wanted to change their lives were baptized by John. And then something remarkable happened. Jesus stepped into the crowd. Well, the crowd was filled with all kinds of people. Some were desperate, some were broken, and some were hopeless. Others were corrupt. They had lost their moral compass. They cheated people out of money. They held tight to their possessions, and they didn't want to share. Some were tired. They were just plain tired of the tyranny of the Roman Empire and the hypocrisy of the religious elite. Many were looking for the Messiah, the long-awaited Savior who would bring all of Israel redemption. And there stood Jesus, right there among them, and nobody seemed to notice him at all. He was just part of the crowd. So he waited patiently, and finally it was his turn. As Jesus was being baptized, the Holy Spirit descended on him, and a voice from heaven said, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And with that, Jesus, fully God and fully man, was baptized. 
And in so doing, he acted like a model for us, showing us all the way to a new life and a new identity as children of God. You could say that Jesus' baptism that day is like the epicenter of a spiritual earthquake of grace, an earthquake of grace so strong that it knocked the spiritual Richter scale off the charts. Because through his baptism, Jesus started a chain reaction that spread around the world and continues to this day. And baptism is pure gift. It's a gift from God. It's grace. There is nothing you can do to earn it. Through this gift, you have been given a new identity. Like Jesus, God called you by name and claimed you as a dearly beloved child of God. You are now and you always will be. Even if you mess it all up, and we all do, sometimes the things that we left behind in our baptism rear their ugly heads. It could be things like anxiety, anger, or fear. It could be self-centeredness or any number of things. Yet because of the magnitude of grace given to you, you don't have to continue to spiral on down. You have been incorporated into the death and the resurrection of Christ and joined with the Holy Spirit who will guide you and help you along the way. So every day you can rise up forgiven. Every day is a fresh start. Because the promise of our baptism is something we go back to day after day. To remember who we belong to. To remember that we are forgiven. To remember that God loves us now and always will. Because you have a guarantee from God. You are now and you always will be a beloved child of God. You have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Many of you have probably heard of an irrevocable trust, especially if you happen to be an attorney. Well, an irrevocable trust cannot be modified, changed, or revoked for any reason. And God's baptismal covenant with you and with me is like that. It is irrevocable. It cannot and it will not be modified, changed, or revoked for any reason. And that's why this sacrament is not repeated time after time after time. It's only done once in our lives. God's spiritual earthquake of grace through baptism, it breaks those bonds of fear and it sets you free to trust in God's everlasting love for you. And because you have that assurance, you are free to love others. You are set free to learn to focus your lives on the ways of Jesus. And that's what your new life in Christ is all about. It's a life of learning, loving, and growing in your understanding of God's ways for you and the world. It's a life of forgiving and being forgiven. It's a life about learning to live together in harmony, compassion, and justice. And a lot of that learning happens here in the community that promises to teach you God's ways, to support you and pray for you. And as that happens, you learn to do those same things for others. It's here in this community of grace that you learn as you practice your faith. Well, those of you who have shown God's love to others in that way, well, you know it's transformative. You end up getting so much more than you give. 
I'm sure that many of you have found, like I have, that you learn from those you teach. Your prayers for others bring you closer to them, and it gives you a stronger awareness of God's presence in your own lives. And when you reach out to support others, your relationships deepen and become richer. This is grace upon grace. And it can happen in Sunday school, adult education, confirmation classes. It can happen in uh, small group gatherings or as meals are shared or during worship. And it doesn't always have to happen in obvious ways. Sometimes supportive love is like a seismic wave of grace that can be profoundly strong but subtle. I know a man who spends most of his time in a wheelchair. And people can see that clearly. But what they don't see is the fatigue and energy drain his disability causes on a daily basis. Sometimes it's more and sometimes it's less. He told me that on one particular day, he was so drained of energy, he couldn't even sing, sing a favorite hymn in church. The person next to him just happened to be in a wheelchair too. And without saying one word, she leaned in, sharing her program with him as she sang. He listened to the sound of her voice as it floated towards him and, and felt as if she was singing for both of them. That loving gesture lifted his spirits. He said it made him feel loved and supported. The spiritual earthquake of grace that began at Jesus' baptism affects everything we do in worship. From the way we hear and understand scripture to our ability to trust the words and creeds we say together. When you enter the sanctuary... I'm sure you've noticed the font that's right there in the entrance, especially this morning since Pastor Katie was reading there. But it's a reminder that we enter the Christian community through grace and that our baptism is our first experience of grace in this community. And I've observed some of you on Sunday morning, you take your fingers and you wet them in the water of the font and then you make the damp sign of the cross on your forehead. When you do this, you are remembering that you are forgiven. You are reminding yourself of God's love for you, for others, and for the world. And a gesture like that, it has a ripple effect. Others around you, they see it, and they remember too. There's a woman I know who was in a wheelchair the very first time she came to this church. It was a cold and rainy day as she made her way up the winding, winding ramp that comes up to our church. And when she entered the building, she was sullen. She was in a bad mood. She was wet. So with mental and physical effort, she moved toward the inner doors of the worship area. And there in front of those doors stood a tall, heavy-set usher, and he just loomed above her as she approached. Well, she looked at, up at him from her chair, and she did have a bit of an attitude. She was mad, so she snapped. Where do you want me to sit? She said, <laughs> Well, he said with a smile as he opened the door for her, where would you like to sit? I will help you sit wherever you'd like. His kindness surprised her, and her attitude quickly melted. She chose a spot to park her chair, feeling welcome and accepted. Sometimes it's just the smallest acts of love that have the biggest impact on others. God's love is for all, and it's a generous love. 
The magnitude of God's grace given to us shows us that and teaches us to extend that love to others, especially to those who are so often excluded, like those from the GLBTQ community or those living with disabilities, people who are vulnerable, refugees, people who are homeless, or people of other religions. When you pass on the love you receive from God to others, you become part of the spiritual earthquake of grace that continues to change the world. On that day so long ago when Jesus was baptized, he he really didn't need to do it, not for himself. And yet he did it anyway. He did it out of love for us, to give us a new identity as a beloved child of God. He did it to give us a new way of life in Christ that we might share this gift of grace with others. Because the truth is, we didn't choose God. God chose us. On this Disability Awareness Sunday, I give thanks to God that Jesus did get baptized because it really is like the epicenter of a spiritual earthquake of grace, an earthquake of grace so powerful that it shatters the very foundations of fear, hate, and injustice an earthquake of grace so powerful that it flings the doors to new identity and a new life wide open with a love that is stronger than death. So as you go out these doors this morning, headed out into the world, may you go knowing that you are a forgiven, deeply loved child of God, and that as you go out to share that love with others, you too are a part of God's earthquake, his spiritual earthquake of grace. And for that, we can all give thanks. Amen.